0: Welcome everybody to the Thought Garden on the air, where entrepreneurs who have a story to tell come to bring out their inner author. I'm your host, Alexis Quintel, and the CEO and owner of Rosarium PR and Marketing Collective. So Rosarium is a public relations and marketing company, and we focus on supporting business owners with building a personal brand, many of which are also interested in telling their stories as an author. So today we're excited to talk with Mandy Shulis, a story and mindset coach speaker, and a successful author. She's currently writing a book, so we're so excited to learn about her journey as both an entrepreneur and an author. So welcome, Mandy. Hey, thank you for having me. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, Where are you originally from? What was your family life like growing up? And what kind of um, degrees or certifications do you have?
1: Born and raised in Tampa, Florida. I am a local Floridian. Tried to escape a few times, but this is definitely home. Uh, I actually, I was adopted at four. Uh, my early family life was a little chaotic. Both of my parents were addicts, unfortunately, but my grandparents adopted me. I actually had a, a pretty good upbringing. I went to a private school. Um, I would say just being a child of older parents was a little difficult because they're definitely the, you know, <laughs> be seen and not heard generation, even though I, I definitely was a daddy's girl and, uh, he passed away a few years ago, but Um, just honestly, it was overall a pretty good upbringing. I traveled a whole lot because instead of getting a big fancy house in Tampa, they believed that exposing me to the world was a lot more important, uh, which I'm thankful for now. But at the time I, I lived South of Gandy. So like when my friends would be like, Oh, where do you live? I was like, "Mm." I mean, now it's where the economically conscious live in Tampa. (laughs)
0: But when I was growing up in Seminole Heights, I feel like it's kind of a similar vibe.
1: (laughs) It is. Um, so, I mean, honestly, I just, uh, my mom is almost 80. I still take care of her. And when I say mom and dad, obviously, you know, I mean my grandparents. Um, but I, I overall had a, a pretty good childhood for the most part. Um, def- definitely some, some hiccups and snafus as, but normal stuff. Thank goodness. Uh, judging from what I came from, um, as far as degrees and all that, uh, it's been a little bit of a wild ride. Uh, my background is exercise physiology and dietetics, I struggled a lot with body image growing up. So one of the things that I do is I study what I don't understand. And I'm Mexican and German, so I have a butt. <laughs> and I never was one of those like <laughs> stick skinny girls. But um, it, it's good now. But growing yeah. up, like I'm 40. It wasn't it wasn't cool, t- you know, 15, 25 years ago. Yeah. Um, so I started out there. And then I graduated in a really big economic recession in 05, right after, you know, three and a half years after 9-11. So I kept, I tried to do the normal job thing. It didn't work out so well. Um, (laughs) Now I know I probably have, as so many entrepreneurs do ADHD. My brain works a little bit differently. Uh, But my CEO at the time, my first job out of college, I was a recruiter. And he goes, I never see you actually work. It's the weirdest thing, but your numbers are always really high. Cause I would get everything done and then be like, what are you guys doing?
0: Like, right. It's (laughs) not,
1: um, So I did that, uh, went and got my massage therapy license because I just didn't know what else to do. And I'd always been told I was good with my hands. And I was like, I have a huge background in anatomy, may as well use it. Mm -hmm. And um, it just kind of snowballed from there. I I did the massage therapy thing for a really long time, had a great career with that. Uh, My two main factions were uh, people with pain disorders or professional athletes so kind of leads into the trauma and storytelling. People
0: are always like, oh, that's a pivot. I was like, actually, really, it's not. <laughs> there it really is a connection there.
1: Yeah, exactly. So and then uh, just like studying things you don't understand. I went mm-hmm. and uh, my MBA is in entrepreneurship and marketing. So just wanted to I, I, I love to be an expert in anything I do. Like if it comes mm-hmm. out of my mouth, I spend a lot of time studying it.
0: <laughs> right, right. You don't just talk to like spew nonsense. You're very educated and fact-checking things, you know, whenever necessary.
1: <laughs> True. True.
0: Uh, and I'm actually finishing my master's
1: uh, coach certification in November. Uh, I have the the basic CPC, which is a certified professional coach. But like everything else, I want to be a master. Yeah,
0: learning <laughs> never stops. I love that. Exactly. <laughs> and what I love about podcasts like these is, like, we've known each other six months now or so. I mean, we've... It feels we've, like so much longer. Had, <laughs> I know. We had connections. <laughs> like, there were straight... Mm-hmm that we're attaching and linking us together, but we officially met six months ago. We've been talking quite often, but one thing I don't think we both realized about each other is is we were both raised by our grandparents and that is really our, like our, you know, go-to parental figures. And it is such a different experience that most people don't, understand or can comprehend or you know they're like oh I was close with my grandparents it's like no like this is they still have my bedroom like set up they call it mine too mine (laughs) too it's now Ella's bedroom but all my stuff's still in there (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) all my like degrees are on the wall and I mean there's been so many other they have my grandparents had six kids so they didn't need to treat me like one of their own they had plenty to to deal with but (laughs) they always made sure I felt included and you know cared for so that's a kind of a fun connection that we have definitely that's cool well, let's pivot more to business so you've talked a little bit about your your background and some different career paths you've taken but what do you do now and what inspired you to be an entrepreneur
1: well, I'm going to answer the other question first as, as yeah. the inspiration behind being an entrepreneur was I really like money and I don't like giving people my money. <laughs> <laughs> I always know kind of pivoting back to the you know the assessment my CEO said I always see you working but I never see you doing anything and my numbers were always high. One thing I know with confidence is I work generally at least twice if not three times as harder as most most of the people I need. and that's not an ego thing it's just who I am. And I think a lot of that is, again, my grandparents raising me. Uh, my grandfather was born in 1933, depression. <laughs> and my grandmother was 1944, you know, right at the tail end of World War II. So my upbringing was very much like, if they're working hard, you work, tw- you work twice as hard. Right. And um, so when I did the math on how much money I was making, at the spa I was working, I, t- I tried to do the traditional, you know, I'd had a couple of jobs out of college. And then after massage therapy, I worked for my ex husband's. Uh, family spa, and then I did the math one day on how much I was paying them to have me work for them, and I was like, "Nah, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. I can do this." <laughs> um, so that's honestly entrepreneurship just happened because I was like, "I can do this. I know how to connect with people. I know how to promote myself." Like. I, I know some people couldn't, but I, for me, that was just a no brainer. Um, and now I've done it for so long that I don't think I could go work for other people. <laughs> right. I know.
0: Exactly. <laughs> it's good to know that like, it's always an option if, you know, all else really fails, but I feel like you and I are the kind of people that are like, well, we won't fail. So. No, failure's <laughs> um, not an option. That's, 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 that's not even a box you want to check.
1: And, exactly. you know, I've, I've gotten my ego checked a couple of times by the universe, but I was like, okay, I'm bruised, but I'm not broken. I can keep mm-hmm. going. Yeah. Um, so, what I do now, and we were just kind of talking a little bit about the connection here, is I am a story and mindset strategist for lack of a better explanation. I help uh, we and we've had this discussion. I would say entrepreneurs. I thought I was branding strictly for women, but I'm realizing men need just as much help with this as women do. Uh, I am a domestic violence survivor, as you know. Um, and and that is what drove me to tell my story because after I left my ex-husband, um, even when I was still in massage therapy, a lot of my very successful clients that had had chronic pain issues would start opening up now that they knew I was going through the same thing. And I made that connection with so often both from a, a literal like pain perspective and also from just being stuck in life perspective. These stories need to come out or else you're just chronically stuck on a loop. Right. Um, so that's where the mindset portion comes in because people, the story, it's your story. It's your train wreck you may as well make money off of it. I gotta be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, I, and that is one of the things people always say, when did you decide you were an expert? And I
0: said, when I decided to do what nobody else is doing. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of fun to hear different stories of how people get into entrepreneur being an entrepreneur. Cause there are some people like, that are almost like born with that, that goal and that energy. And then there's some people that are like, well, it just it made more sense for my goals in my life. It was kind of just the path that, that it took them. Um, so I thought it would be fun to share that recently when I was at my grandparents going through all my old things, because why not? I was like reading my old journals, which were, gosh, sad to see what I was writing about at 13. <laughs> um, so, but then all of a sudden I pull out a business card and it was from when I was probably like eight or nine years old. I made business cards that for a company called Alexis, wrote, Alexis Quintel's Book Company. And the tagline, my favorite part is the tagline. And the fact that I even knew to have a tagline at that age. <laughs> it was, um, Alexis makes money by selling books. <laughs> All right. I like, right, wow. nice see you. I really must have just had this energy. And I did, I was... Um, for the part of time I did live with my parents, my dad is an entrepreneur as well. So I feel like part of it is watching him build a company from scratch at that young and kind of experiencing along the lines with him. You know, I probably got a lot of that from him as well. So it's always fun. You're to probably not that. wrong because my
1: my family was always very much in the entrepreneurial space, my, my brothers and stuff, because um, they were always with cars and mechanics and and, and working with their hands. Massage therapy makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a genetic thing. My dad always built computers too, so you're probably not wrong. I hadn't even thought about that. I did watch it, I just didn't didn't really okay. ever resonate with it.
0: Yeah, or you, were, yeah, it was almost more subconscious. Well, actually, that leads to the next question: um, Is there anyone specific that was a role model or a mentor who impacted you in your life?
1: <sighs> yes, for sure. Um, my dad is you know, again, when I say dad, it's my grandfather, but I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tear up. Um, I was going through his den, which is still exactly as he left it three and a half years ago when he passed away yesterday. Cause mm-hmm. I was waiting on, um, we're in the middle of trying to get my mom's mortgage redone. Yeah. And I found the MS DOS book that he trained me on. I was not allowed to have a normal computer, even after you could just lately log in, whatever. My dad wanted me to understand how to use DOS to give commands so when I wrote my papers, when I was like 10 and 11 years old, I couldn't use a normal computer. I had to use what he, he wanted me to use. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you have to give a command to get it to the next line, give a command to, it. it it's a pain in the butt. Let me tell you, yeah. but I know, and it actually made me really good with like strat, you know, uh, mm-hmm. statistics and other things like just looking at numbers and figuring out patterns. But I found that book and I was like, Oh, like that. I miss you so much. Um, And it felt really frustrating at the time because I just wanted to be like a normal kid, but yeah, I was definitely trained to be in this space and see things a little bit differently. Cause he would always say, you know, if you want to do something, not that I couldn't do it, I literally could have come and been like, I want to be a prima ballerina, which I got a donk that's not happening. Uh, and he would have been like, okay, how, how, how are you going to achieve this? Take your end goal and work backwards. And actually you mentioned the, the book that I'm writing and that mindset has a lot to do with
0: that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I appreciate everything you've shared and obviously it's up to you how much you're comfortable sharing, but this sec this portion of the show is really about you and telling us about a major change in your life and what gave you the courage to go in this new direction and how your life has you know grown because of that.
1: I, I feel like I've pivoted so many different times uh, mm-hmm. and, and, people say it in a cutesy way, like, Oh, if you expect a straight path to where you want, you're in for, you know, it more looks like this. Um, but unless you've lived it, you don't know how true that is. (laughs) Um, I would say the, the easy version of, of discussing that is I, there's a book called, um, the big leap by Gay Hendricks. And it talks Mm -hmm. about your zone of excellence versus your zone of genius and how most people get stuck in their zone of excellence. Um, but they think it's their zone of genius because they probably are really successful. They probably, you know, are, are, are a, a thought leader. They're probably on paper look like they're doing that's their zone of genius, yeah. but if there's something else they could be doing. That's a step above that. That's just yeah. easy. They could do it in their sleep. Uh, and that's how I, I feel like I am now. I definitely feel like this portion of my life is my zone of genius. So easy way to explain this is um, when I am a domestic violence survivor when my ex was, pass- was, was in the process of passing away, we had a long discussion about. I didn't want our story to not mean anything. I didn't mm-hmm. know what I was going to do with it, but I was very honest with him before he died that I was going to discuss both the addiction portions of things. You know, forgiveness is a huge thing for me. Um, we were fine before he passed away. I actually went and sat with him and held his hand for a couple of hours the day before he died. Wow. Um, you know, he, we were fine. I forgave him fully. Sometimes I'm still mad at him, especially when our daughter's struggling. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, um, you know, it it was a huge portion of deciding what to do. Well, fast forward, I don't know, six months, a year after he passed, I knew my massage therapy career was over. Like I had that gut just, you know, I'm a little intuitive. I I very much rely on, on signals. I knew my massage therapy was career was over, but I was afraid I had supported myself on that. I'd finally started charging what I could be comfortable only working like 10 or 20 hours on. And I was like, really, you want me to pivot again? Yeah. Like, I was like, I'm going to ignore you until I had nerve damage in my hand. And I started off talking about copywriting and and branding and all those things. Because again, the MBA, you know, go with what you know. But the thing Mm -hmm. that I kept realizing was very successful people get stuck at a certain level because they don't want to fully get naked. They don't want to fully be seen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that is what builds a cult like brand is being willing to just put it all out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's how all of this started. And I, while I still do a lot with story strategy and branding and social media and all that, you can I don't work with people unless they're willing to do the mindset portion. I just don't. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. That's like the first step, the foundation before you can really grow and bloom.
1: And I, I mean, I, I take, I drink my own Kool-Aid, you know, I get on stage. I talk about my experience. I talk about, I, one of the things I always tell people, if you haven't seen Diary of a Mad Black Woman, you need to, because there's a portion where she shoves his butt in the, in the in the water, in the whirlpool. And I remember swirling my glass of wine, watching the movie before we, I had left him. I knew it was coming like a train. Like yeah. I knew it was coming. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to end up taking care. I know I am. He's alienated everyone else. Nobody else wants to deal with this train wreck. Doesn't matter if I leave or not. I know I'm going to still end up doing it. And I was right. I did. We had a good laugh, like dark humor about it, but yeah, that's kind of the long answer of how we, how we ended up here.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, thank you. (laughs) So what inspired you to be an author? Where did that stem from this whole journey? Uh,
1: Again, going back to that intuition, you know, that, that just gut belief Um, I love, you know, I love making money. Who doesn't, I love, you know, doing one-on-one, but, you know, when you and I get off this Zoom, when it you're, you know this podcast is aired, it can reach you know hundreds, thousands, hundred thousands of people. Whatever, a book is something that is one hundred percent mine and my thought process. And if somebody can't work with me for X amount of dollars, one on one, because it it gets expensive, yeah, then they can they can read my book.
0: It's more, tangible. you know, yeah, it's
1: it's much more tangible. In this way, as I keep growing, as I keep doing, I don't have to keep going back and reteaching stuff. I can literally be like, hey
0: already published. Go read this and then we'll talk. Right. It's a resource. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, tell us a little bit more about your book then. So what genre is it? You know, when did you start writing it and how has the process been for you?
1: Process has been dicey because, you know, I have the two 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 and a half year old and an almost 13 year old and trying to find time. Uh, I think that's why I've ended up so tired is a lot of times it's in the middle of the night. Wow, um, dope. Yeah. So I'm actually going to be on a plane to Nashville on Friday. And I'm like, I already know what I'm doing. I'm going to take mm-hmm. those two hours on a plane and I'm going to write. Um, it. I feel like I've been writing it for most of my life as I'm mm-hmm. going through. I think the really hard, not even hard part is it sounds cute. So like the, the tagline is 48 hours to, to change your life. Mm-hmm. Um, or the, the title, I don't really have a tagline on that. Um, but it's, it's not just those 48 hours. It's what you do to set up the next chapter
0: Mm. it's
1: yes you can set all those things up in those 48 hours however you got to be able to keep going keep well you know because if you just stop just like anything with momentum it stops
0: right
1: you know and i i open up the book talking about this is a process i've done multiple times in my life without even realizing it it's it you know it's everything is everything is definitive things only have as much control over you as you let it i know that's not a popular opinion um Maybe, maybe I need therapy for that. Maybe I don't, but it stood me in good stead. Uh, But 48 hours is how I, you know, filed for divorce. I, you know, handled a breakup in college. It's, it's one of those things that if you put a timeline and you strategize, even your own emotions, it helps. And it doesn't mean you don't break down. It doesn't mean, you know, it's a, a streamlined process, just like with anything. It's, you know, I think Mel Robbins has the five minute rule or five second rule, excuse me, where if you just don't think you just go you don't have a chance to talk yourself out of it. This is kind of the same idea. Like you do massive, massive, massive amounts of work in those first 48 hours. And ironically, spoiler, the first 24, you don't, your homework is to do nothing.
0: Yeah, just feel
1: absolutely nothing. Just feel, get drunk with your girlfriends if that's what you want to do. Although we got work to do the next day, you may not want to do that. (laughs)
0: Lots of sleep, lots of sleep. (laughs) Well, so who is this book really meant for? Who do you think it would impact? someone that knows
1: that they need a massive amount of change and has a greater purpose, but doesn't know what that jumping off point looks like. And one of the the biggest pieces of advice I give anyone anywhere is don't think too hard about it. If you have something that keeps coming up and if it's wildly different, okay, obviously that's not it. But if there's different themes, a constant theme, there's something the universe is trying to tell you.
0: Mm, that's so true. Okay. Well, this next section is called leveling up. And so now we want to kind of get more into the combination of being an author and an entrepreneur. So how has like becoming an author and, you know, some of the things you've been working on helped you develop a personal brand for yourself?
1: Two years ago, when I started this journey and I, started, I bought like a $2,000 copywriting course, which was honestly a waste of money. My biggest thing about copywriting is talk um, like you speak yeah. and learn how to ad- be a bit of a chameleon if you want to have clients. Mic drop. There's your copywriting course. Yeah, yeah, you could Um, teach that. (laughs) You what? I said you could teach that. I, Pauline and I had a a whole uh, conversation about that, but yeah. Well, I think honestly, I when I started this out, I was like, oh, I'm just going to be a coach. I'm going to be, you know, whatever. And becoming an author has made me realize that I have so much more to offer than just. Teaching one on one, or even teaching in a group setting, um, you know you you know this. My end goal is to be on stage um, and to teach a huge amount of people. My mindset, because I joked with Matt years ago, if I could teach other people, my mindset, I'd be a millionaire. And he goes, "Well, why don't you?"
0: Okay, yeah, right. What's stopping you? <laughs> yeah, and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think doing things like this, yeah, having the book to kind of almost be, you know, like something that a resource, like you were saying, for people that can't yet yeah, work with you one-on-one I mean it just all really goes together for the same end goal
1: well and also some people it just depends so you can impact somebody that's maybe just a mom trying to decide if she's going back to school or, or knows she needs to leave a marriage or whatever not everybody's meant to work with people one-on-one or even you know so I mean like I mean I, I read stuff by Brene Brown and Mel Robbins do I oh, I gotta work with them no but do I like am I in
0: line waiting for their book every time it's released? You better believe it right? That. right. It's definitely built their credibility and allowed them to do other things, you know exactly. that's stay. that's a big thing, right. exactly. So what is your next phase right now in your business? Where do you kind of see this you know next few months going? Well, the next like six to eight weeks, uh,
1: I really want to focus on getting the rest of the 48 hours to change your life done and published and out there uh, because I want to get up on stage and and be at any event possible. That's in alignment. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also know, you know, it's funny. It's, it's, which came first, the chicken or the egg. I always get that question. Like, what's your first thing you should do? And I'm like, whatever's easiest, the low hanging fruit, unless you just have a bunch of money, you can throw it at, you know, go for it. But you have to start small and build up because if you try mm-hmm. to do too many things at once, it's,
0: it gets a little crazy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you still want to have some strategy behind it. So sometimes throwing yeah. money at it isn't always the best answer. <laughs> you know, but, well,
1: and that's the thing I want to, I want to get, what I've realized is that so the story shift was published in April, right before you and I had the event um, in Arizona where we finally got the chance to talk. Yeah. And yeah, I've realized, I thought the story shift was going to be my big impetus. It, and it is in so many yeah. ways, because that's already published. That's already, yeah. I, I've already got the, yeah, it's it's doing great. But then I was like, there's a step before that, that I didn't really talk about. And that's where the 48 hours came in. It's just like, yes, knowing how to shift, knowing how to do all these things. But people that are a little bit bonkers like us, like, because you just wake up one day and decide to change your life. But the truth is, is people don't understand. We've been thinking about this forever.
0: Right. right. There was
1: work you done. Know. there was work there was but 48 hours is the answer of how to strategize once you knew know you need that massive life change
0: right right so getting that out first is huge before the story (laughs) shift I didn't
1: even realize it was going to be that way but that's again entrepreneurship
0: (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) awesome well tell our audience where they can find you and connect with you
1: Uh, Well, I joked with my husband. So part of this whole process started with search engine optimization and studying SEO because of copywriting. Um, And so Mandy Shulis, anything across the board, you Google Mandy Shulis, you can find and it's S-C-H-U-L-I-S. Everybody, I always say it's spelled like school with a U-I-S. Yeah, Um, And you can find me anywhere, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, I'm not really on Twitter and all that stuff yet, but maybe someday. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I don't think you have to be on everything. <laughs> nah. what nah. what Stay like. in my lane. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining us. We wish you the best on your journey and we'll probably have to have you back on after you publish so we can really talk through what that process was like. And, you know, I think it's helpful for other entrepreneurs that are kind of considering publishing through a major publisher or hybrid or self-publishing. So I'm kind of excited to see how your journey continues to unfold. <laughs> Me too. I kind of feel like I need popcorn some days. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Great. Well, yeah. So we'll put all this information in the show notes. Um, If you have any questions about becoming an author, marketing your book, or if you're interested in coming on the show and sharing your story, you can connect with me at rosarium.work. We're on all social platforms, the internet, you know, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, So thanks for listening today. We look forward to seeing you on our next segment of the Authors on the Air radio show, The Thought Garden. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you.